When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. 6.30 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 6.30 Chad. The game is over when the final buzzer sounds. The analysis ends when you say it does. This is Overtime Open Line. Interviews, analysis, and your opinion. Oilers Hockey is brought to you by Friesen Brothers. And now, the Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. Here's Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio. 630 chair. Dry sidle. What gets into the skates of Hyman out to Dry Sidle? Scores! Leon Dry with his second effort gets it past the pad of Anderson. It's three. It's Leon Dreisaitl's 40th goal of the season. Uh, the season part of a convincing 6-1 win by the Edmonton Oilers over the Buffalo Sabres tonight. Connor McDavid got his 34th. Kyler Yamamoto scores again four straight games. Mike Smith back in net. He stops 27. Let's go downstairs. Here's Oilers head coach Jay Woodcroft. We scored a power play goal. All facets of the game seem to be firing on all cylinders. And because we had everybody going, we're able to spread the minutes out nicely tonight. McDavid, Kane, and Yamamoto, when you're together now, it's... They've had a lot of uh, good success together as a trio. What, what are you seeing that's working so well for those three together? Well, uh, you have the speed element and the puck handling element with Connor coming through the, the neutral zone and what he can do in the offensive zone. I don't think he's getting enough credit for what he's doing defensively. He makes a lot of really subtle good plays in his own zone, stops on pucks. He had some really good box outs tonight as well. But you, you have someone with a dog-on-a-bone kind of uh, mindset in Yamamoto and a, someone who wins pucks in 50-50 battles all over the rink, and then you add the size and skill of an Evander Kane. I think it has the elements or recipe of a good line, and they've been playing well together. Um, you know, we a few weeks ago we flipped the centers, and it, it, we've got er, we've gotten some good responses from everybody involved. So that line's been heck of a line for us, and they continue to pace us. When you're uh, you're a young coach, your team gets a three nothing lead against Detroit, and it turns into a run and gun game. Uh, and the very next night out, you get another three nothing lead. Yeah. Uh, what do you do? What do you say? What happens in the room for you? Well, that got taken care of yesterday. Um, and most importantly, you know, a coach's job is to call attention to some things and, and um, provide an environment for learning from different situations. And um, that game against Detroit, in the end, our, our players found a way to win that game. We weren't perfect. We'll be the first people to admit that. But I, I think yesterday... We addressed uh, the situations that led to how close that game was, and we talked about what we wanted to do going forward when we found ourselves in a similar position. Just so happened that it happened tonight, and I thought it was a really mature game from our group. We played hard, we played fast, we got pucks in behind the other team's decor so that they had to turn and solve problems. And and um, so you asked me what I said on the bench. I think the players did the talking. Uh, and Mike Smith, uh, he's been looking for a game to build off of here for a while. Yeah. Uh, gets one tonight. That's got to be comforting for your team. Yeah. I mean, we have full confidence in Mike Smith. Uh, he's somebody um, who, after he recovered from that flu bug, he had some time to work on his game, and he put a lot of work into it. So he earned the right to feel confident. I think if someone just picked up that stat sheet and it says 6-1, to one, you don't think uh, there might have been some good scoring chances against us there were and when we broke down at times mike smith was there so that inspires confidence in his teammates as well uh jay i, I just wonder about um connor mcdavid and, and his injury at the end of the game anything to be learned about stitches 
Yeah, sutures and he, he got uh, zipped up. He's just fine. Um, and in regards to Zach Hyman, he was one of the players that you, you never worked with before coming uh, here a few weeks ago. Mm -hmm. Is this the type of game that uh, endears him to coaches? Uh, yeah, I, I think his, every game he kind of endears himself to his teammates and his coaches. Uh, you never have to worry about his effort level. Um, and, um, you know, I think he had a couple of assists tonight and he helped set up some goals, but he, he did a lot of really other a lot of other good things uh, on the forecheck, on our on the cycle, and he had numerous chances to score. He just seemed a little bit snake bit tonight, but he's a solid player that plays in all all situations: power play, penalty kill, and, and five on five. And he uh, that line with Leon and and Yesse has all the makings of a a big tough line that um, can really grind a team down in their own end. Last one, I, I just curious about a couple guys getting back into the lineup. Clearby and Russell, what did you think of their games? Yeah, I thought, uh, yes, he got some good minutes in. Um, he had some good moments. Uh, it, you know, getting that big body up and running again um, uh, for him, I thought it was positive and he feels good, so um, he's happy with his game. And then Russell, uh, made a lot of uh, really good defensive plays. He was in shooting lanes. He he had a tight gap. He made good plays with the puck. Um, big factors in our team win today. Jay, have you thought at all? I know it's it's an afternoon game, so there's no more skate. We go back with Smith. Do you kind of have a plan for your goaltenders? Yeah, we got a plan. We're gonna digest this and enjoy this win for the next 10 minutes or so, and then um, we're going to uh, rest up and refuel, and and we will have a skate tomorrow, and and uh, we'll make make our decision. We'll sleep on it, make our decision tomorrow. Good. Thanks, guys. All right, that's Edmonton Oilers head coach Jay Woodcroft live on 6.30. Chad, the Oilers take it to the Sabres tonight. 6-1, four consecutive victories for the Oilers. They're now 11-5-1 under Woodcroft, 34-23-4 for the season. You can go to 630Ched.com and look for the Japanese Village Goal Light. That allows you to print up a coupon for a free appetizer to Japanese Village featuring Alberta's own Brant Lake Wagyu. Visit jvedmonton.ca. We turn that on whenever the Oilers score five or more in a game. We're in the Friesen Brothers Broadcast Center along with Rob Brown. I'm Reed Wilkins. What Jay Woodcroft there, Rob, said the Oilers played a very mature game, and he said they uh, made the Buffalo defenders turn and have to solve problems, which I want you to comment on. Well, it was funny because right after the game, Bob asked about the game, and I said I thought the Oilers looked very mature and professional, uh, doing all the little things right. They never looked as though they were under stress at any time in this hockey game. They made good reads, uh, the right decisions. If they had nothing, they punted got pucks out, got pucks in deep. It was just, uh, they were the better team and on, on paper, and then they played better and did all the right things. So uh, this is how you win hockey games. You get a lead, you build on it, you make smart choices, you never put yourself in a position where uh, you're forcing your goaltender to make two or three big saves. And the Oilers are starting to learn. I mean, on this road trip, that's 12 periods. Uh, I'd say... 10 for sure they've been by far the better team and probably one they were even with Detroit there's only been one real bad period in this in this homestead they're just playing better hockey right now so Jay Woodcroft uh, has got them going and the players understand where they are in the standings what they need and they're certainly taking care of business here on home ice that's our adjustment of the game for pro drain text for peace of mind down the line the Oilers are now 20 and 0 when they score first which is incredible Yamamoto got it started tonight Mike Smith back in net. Rob, uh, again, he wasn't necessarily uh, challenged with a lot of great opportunities, and Buffalo didn't have a lot of zone time, but still, that's a pretty good stat line. Gets the win, stops 27 out of 28. Yeah, I, I, I think it was an important game for his psyche. Uh, psyche. I think that, I mean, he understands what's been going on. He understands what the position that his team's in. He sees that Koskinen's playing well. The Oilers are going to make the playoffs. And Mike Smith's a battler. He doesn't want to be the guy sitting on the bench the entire playoffs cheering. I mean, he's hoping that everything goes well, and if Koskinen's in, that they win the hockey games. But he wants to be part of it. And for him to be part of it, he's got to put together quality starts like he did uh, this evening. 
He was good. He was solid. There were no uh, second, second or third opportunities. He s swallowed all the pucks in. And the one thing that makes the Oilers a better hockey club when Mike Smith is playing is his ability with the puck coming out, making the outlet passes, getting out. I've, I've always thought that if a puck gets rimmed around and it gets past Smith, that no player, no goalie in the NHL can stop it. Because if Smith can't get out and stop it, then nobody can. And it's just an element that teams, if, if the Oilers are playing against a team and they're doing their homework and they're saying, okay, here's the game plan, the game plan changes if Mike Smith's in. Because it changes your forecheck. It changes the where you dump the puck, and it changes what you do in coming up the ice, how you get the puck in the in the zone. So uh, Mike Smith was good tonight. Didn't have to be great. The Oilers were great in front of him, but he gave them the saves that they needed. And then there's one play in the first period, a save on Smith, or excuse me, on Skinner. That was his only big save of the game, but it came at the right time, and that's a save that we hadn't been getting from Mike Smith as of late. Tonight he made it. 6-1, the Oilers win it. Connor McDavid did not play the last five minutes and 41 seconds. Took a high stick from Vinny Henestroza. He got a four-minute penalty on the play. Tyson Berry scored a power play goal. More stitches for McDavid about three weeks uh, after he took a high stick in Carolina. Well, they come in threes, so... And now you got to watch the face the next few games. Um, I would imagine that most players, well, if you go through the Oilers team, I would imagine that most players have an average of about eight stitches in their face already. It's just taking Connor a little bit while, a little longer to catch up. It happens. Uh, the first thing you do is you, you're glad it's not your eyes. Then you lick your lips to make sure all your teeth are still there. And then you just worry about whether or not you're going to get the needle to numb it or not, or are you just going to go straight for the stitches? So, yeah. It, they didn't need him. He could have come back. He stood in the hallway down there for quite a while. They put a Band-Aid on it, and then he just decided uh, that he didn't need to play the final five minutes. Had a, the game was well in hand. Yeah, McDavid with two points tonight. Played only 16-12, so lighter night for him in terms of ice time. Dreisaitl played 18-41. He got his 40th of the season. We played the highlight, and Rob, it's been so amazing watching Dreisaitl, his third 40-goal season, a player who was drafted third overall is really supposed to be more of a Well, he is. A, the, I think he's the best pass. I think and he's the best passer. And he still is an, ex yep. an, an exceptional uh, playmaker, but uh, his, I mean, he's such a deadly goal scorer. You know, he added the one-timer a few years ago, and he keeps moving further down. <laughs> I mean, eventually he's going to be scoring from the concourse. Uh, to, to, to I th wouldn't put it past angle. him. Wouldn't put it past and, him. And then even that goal, you just, uh, I mean, to me, that's just a combination of knowing where to go, power, and then just the skill to put it in the way he did. Well, I, I don't know if there is anything offensively that he's not gifted with. He's got size. He's got a bomb of a shot. He's got great vision. He's got soft hands. I, he he probably made about whew, seven or eight passes tonight that most players in the NHL wouldn't have tried. Just on and off his stick. He reads the play before he comes. He's like a chess player where, okay, the puck's going to come to me, and this is where the players are going to be at that point. So he already knows where the puck's going to go. But on the goal that he scored, it's just staying with it. And uh, having the ability and to absorb any kind of physical contact while still keeping your concentration on where the puck is going and finishing the play. Uh, I mean, a 50-goal season is certainly still in uh, in his range. It would be pretty amazing for, for, for Leon to get another one of those. But I think just the line combinations now, the way his line is set up, the Hyman, Pugliarvi, and Drysaddle line tonight had two goals. They easily could have had four or five. Uh, the one thing that I'm sure Leon's talking to Yessie on the benches is when I give you the puck shoot because there was a two-on-one he if Leon's passing to you on a two-on-one it's because you're supposed to shoot when you get the puck because if he wanted to shoot he would have shot it before he passed it to you and they had a two-on-one and yes he had a wide open shot and he tried going back to Leon that's a no-no I'm sure at the bench or Leon said all right next time shoot the puck or I'm going to shoot it myself but that line was dominant and Leon was the one that drove that line again. 6-1, the Oilers take it. That is a $600 donation to 630 Chet Santa's Anonymous from James H. Brown and Associates. Unrivaled experience, unrivaled commitment, unrivaled results. They give 100 bucks for every Oilers goal. We thank him for that. And the total for the season now, $20,600. If there was, and this was a pretty dominant win by the Oilers, Rob, if there was a, a bit of a sliver of hope for Buffalo... 
<laughs> okay, they got a goal early in the third, and then they got a power play. Yep. So, you know, I was thinking, okay, if they if they actually make this 4-2 with still 15 minutes left or 14 minutes left, you know, maybe something bit of stress into the Oilers' yep. mind. But then uh, Devin Shore, breakaway goal, his fifth of the season. Yeah, you know what's funny is we, we get a lot of people calling our show, and they start asking uh, questions when the Oilers get healthy. What are the line combinations going to be? Who is going to play with you? And and the media likes to start throwing line combinations together as well. The one player that nobody really has in their top 12 has been Devin Shore. Everyone expects when Newage comes back, Pugliarvi now in the lineup, that he'd be the one guy that would probably be out of the lineup. But this last stretch that he's been on, he's been very good. I don't know what the exact stats up, but he's got three goals in his last seven or eight games. Uh, he's I think he's gotten better since he's coming back into the lineup. Uh, a nice play at center ice, stripping the defenseman of the puck. Then the finish, he comes in and he looked like a goal scorer. So Devin Shore, a lot of, there's the trade deadline is less than a week away. And teams will be shoring up on a few things, more defenseman depth and forward depth. Well, the Oilers are starting to show that they do have forward depth. Malone went down today. He's a guy that has proven that he can come up and play on fourth line, be a physical presence penalty kill. Devin Shore, who a lot of people think will be out of the lineup, he's a guy that if he is in the lineup, he can penalty kill, as we saw tonight, and he can add a little bit of a spark uh, in, in your bottom six offensively. So uh, a, a nice kill, a great goal. And a nice play by Devin Shore. Yeah, so Buffalo 0 for 1 on the power play, plus giving up the shorthanded goal. The power play update for Extreme Power Products. Your full line Kubota dealer with four locations, including a new one in Camrose. Check out Extreme with an XPowerProducts.com. The Oilers wind up going 1 for 3 on the power play. They scored on the uh, four minute double minor to Hinestroza. And really, it was giving everybody a little bit of ice time at that <laughs> point late in the game. Well, it, you, you do that as a coach. It was an ac accidental penalty. If someone had done something stupid, you send out your best power play unit to try to embarrass them. But if it was an accident, you give everyone an opportunity, uh, a little bit of gravy time for some of the players down in the lineup. But what a play by Fogle. That's a, it's a spinorama, but he had read where Barry was going to be. He does a full 360 and puts it on a tee for, for Barry. It was a nice play. Uh, again, this is... It's hard to find fault in any part of the Oilers game tonight. And I love how Woodcroft said it was a mature game. It was a professional game that the Oilers at no point in this game were under any sort of stress. And that's always good. And it's, it shows in the, the minutes played is everyone got to play. And I think I saw McDavid played 16 minutes. Yep. That's a good sign. Usually means your team has done pretty good if you can sit your best player to 16 minutes in a hockey game. Yeah, everybody got to 10 except Archibald, just short, played 949. So a bunch of players played a couple more minutes than or, or more than they would have in most situations. 6-1, the Oilers take it. Let's go back down to the Hall of Fame room. Zach Hyman and Tyson Berry. Tyson, I'll start with you. Just after the Detroit game, you guys had a great start and then you didn't play the way you wanted the rest. Of, tonight, that game seemed to be in control from start to finish. Can you just talk about your overall team play as a group? Yeah, I think it was exactly that. It was a full 60 minutes and I think maybe as good a game as we've played all year. And um, After two periods, we realized, you know, we've we'd played a pretty solid game up to that point. It was, you know, we made a point of coming out and kind of drilling home that last 20 to, you know, Show, it, show us what it feels like to play the full game. Zach, for you, just seem to be like the Energizer Bunny tonight. Your, your, your line had a lot of shifts where you guys completely controlled the play. Almost felt like maybe could have had a few more even. Yeah, I got robbed on the one, and then uh, the breakaway puck just bounced on the other end, or got a field goal on it. Um, but, uh, yeah, no, I, I thought we played well. I thought you know, off the cycle, you know, that's something that we've been harping on a little bit is just playing off the cycle more, being a little bit heavier, and I thought we had uh, a bunch of possession and a lot of chances off it. You guys said like, this is almost as healthy as you've been. Obviously, you don't have Nugent Hopkins, in it, and he's close. And just what a difference it is when you have a complete, full, healthy lineup. Yeah. Um, well, obviously, Nugent's a huge piece on, you know, like, every play, part of the game plays even strength power play penalty kill is a, a huge player for us so uh, excited to get him back when he's ready um but yeah it's it's definitely exciting to have everybody back i don't think we've had everybody back since gainer's been here i don't think that we've had a full lineup so um it's nice to uh to get it you know close to it and to be playing well when that's happening so zach as a team you know when you when you get a three nothing lead and then you just shut her down and close it out 
the way you did today. Is that, you know, it's easy to talk about, but do you have to do it? Do you have to kind of do it a couple times so you know you can do it? Is it important to win a game that way sometimes? Yeah, I think you saw what kind of can transpire against uh, Detroit last game. So, you know, you're playing teams that, you know, they're not really in the race and they're playing loose and they've got some good young, young speed and talent. So... Um, it can definitely be tough to, you know, when they're playing loose like that, to shut it right down. And, and you don't just want to sit back either. So um, I think the Detroit game was a good lesson for us. And then it was nice to learn from that and kind of put it to the test tonight. And I thought we were great all the way through. And Smitty was great too. Uh, I would ask Zach, um, when you got a guy like Mike Smith, he's, you know, he's been coming back from injury all year. And you get him in the nets tonight and, you know, you guys give him, a, I'm not going to say an easy night, but you control the play and he didn't see a whole bunch of rebound shots and stuff. Is that... Is that first, you know, is that in the forethought of your guys' minds to try to give our goalie a night where he doesn't have to, you know, be Superman here? Yeah, I mean, I think that's always the goal is to make sure that you help your goalie out as much as you can. And uh, I thought in the first, there was, a, I think, a half breakaway and a drive to the net, and he made both saves on, on those, and we just played steady all night. Uh, and I thought that his ability to move the puck when, you know, when they were tired, they dump it in, then he breaks it out quick for us, and we're transitioning, we're back in their end. So uh, I thought he was great. I thought it was, it was great to get him, him the win, and, and he earned it. So it's, it's awesome. Tyson, um, you played with Zach Hyman, obviously, in Toronto, and now here. Was this, like, the Zach Hyman game? Is this kind of how he... Oh, yeah. He's just, just when it looks like there's three guys on him, he ends up, finds a way to outwork them all. Um, you know, that's, uh, that's why he was so coveted, and guys wanted him, and um, we were lucky to get him, and um, you know, it's the thing about Himes is he's playing the same way every night, and you can rely on him, and um, you know, he's a guy you can count on, and uh, he's been great this year, and you know, and it's a big part of the year, and this is where you love to have a guy like that on your team. And Zach, I would ask you, um, uh, Vander Kane said after the last game that uh, you know these teams this week are kind of coming in loose and nothing to play for, and. and you know, therefore they can kind of surprise you. Are these games kind of uh, tough to, not tough to get up for, but are, is there kind of a trap element to them that you have to kind of motivate yourself to, to really show what you can do? Sometimes, but I think where we are in the standings, I think every game for us is, you know, motivation, right? We're, we're, we're not safe by any means. So, um, you know, we're on the position where we can take anybody lightly, I, I would say, but definitely when you're playing against, you know, teams who have nothing to lose and who are playing, you know, they're, they're playing loose, right? They're they're playing a score and they're playing for a back and forth game. And and obviously, you know, like Tyson said, we saw it in Detroit, we got up early and then we kind of played into that type of game. And then I thought tonight, we just played the same way from start to finish and, and didn't give them much and played on the cycle a lot more. So it was it was nice to see. Do you guys, uh, both of you young fathers, uh, do you buy into the dad bump? Uh, Devin Shore, ever since he's become a dad, has got three goals here in the last five games on fire. Yeah, it's great. I think maybe uh, the lack of sleep you're getting, just you don't have time to think or worry about anything else. You just go out there and play, and um, it's great for Shorezy, and um, nice to see him talking a few here. This is uh, for Zach. That goal that uh, Kyler scored, that was a sniper's goal. You probably watched Kyler a lot of times, and you're probably saying, well, you shoot, shoot, shoot. That was a goal scorer's goal. That's his first one of the game. Big time, yeah. Yamo's been playing great, I think. Uh, that line's been playing really well, and I think that he's, you know, he's elevated his game. He's shooting the puck. Uh, I think he's shooting the score, so it's it's uh, great to see. And he's got an, an undercover, you know, good shot. I don't think people realize that. That is Zach Hyman and Tyson Berry as the Oilers pound the Buffalo Sabres 6-1 tonight. You will hear from more members of the Edmonton Oilers, and, of course, Rob and I are happy to hear from you at 780-496-0063. That is the hotline powered by CertainTeed, the pro's choice for roofing, siding, drywall, insulation, and ceiling systems. CertainTeed, pro all the way. This is Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. Live Oilers Hockey is brought to you by Friesen Brothers. This is the Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. Here's Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio, 630 chair. Thompson, not a skinner. He'll walk in and shut up. Walker saved by Smith off of Jeff Skinner, and the puck cleared out. Good stop by Smith. Mike Smith, 27 save, sixth win of the season. That is his save of the game for Reface Magic. Transform your kitchen with ease. See the magic at refacemagic.ca. Oilers win 6-1 over Buffalo. Edmonton has taken four in a row, all on this five-game homestand. They will go for the sweep Saturday afternoon against the New Jersey Devils, who had a rough outing last night against the Calgary Flames. Now, with Smith getting the win, Rob Brown. Yes. Daniel wins set the line for River Cree Resort and Casino. Excitement bet on it. 
He took under 40, the age of the winning goaltender. He gets a $50 River Cree Resort and Casino gift card. How'd it go, Daniel? Well, I mean, it was a safe bet. It was really a safe bet. I liked for you finally forced me to go under on a bet, but it was a, it was a, it was an automatic. Yeah, I had to find find something that just wasn't an offensive quantity. Well, true. I I'm not really good with the defense. Every coach should have, I've ever had will say the exact same thing. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, for the Oilers, uh, I mean, as you would expect, a lot of players with good stats. CC with two assists. You got Hyman with two assists. Barry one and one. Yamamoto one and one. McDavid. One and one. Uh, the only Oiler who was minus, if uh, you still care about that stat, was Derek Ryan. I guess the Oilers didn't have a good night. Well, Ryan had a good night in the faceoff circle. Went 67% for, as a team, the Oilers were 45. Not that it really mattered because they pretty much had the puck the entire game, even if they didn't get it off the faceoff. Which is odd. Normally a team doesn't dominate as badly as the Oilers did when they're chasing. But this was a, a Buffalo team that tried going skill versus skill against the Oilers. And... You just can't play, play that way. If you're going to beat the Oilers or have a chance, you've got to be physical. Buffalo's not a physical team. And if you're getting into a skilled match, the Edmonton Oilers are much more skilled. This was uh, a clinic uh, of how to play hockey by the Edmonton Oilers. And the style, they're going to want to have a more, uh, they're going to want to play this more consistently. If they do that, as we've seen on this homestand, they're going to find a lot of wins at the end of the night. So good goaltending, solid play from top to bottom. Uh, it was a, a good 60 minutes for the Edmonton Oilers. Chris Russell, in his return, plays 16-26, goes plus two, had a shot on goal, a hit, and a blocked shot. Got some power play time late in the game. Pugliarvi comes back in, doesn't get a point, but he's plus two, plays 17-02, gets a shot on goal tonight. And, uh, yeah, just a pretty good all-around game from the Edmonton Oilers. We have Doug standing by on the Certainty Hotline. Hi, Doug. Welcome to the show. Hey, how you doing? Good. Good. Guys, uh, Rob Reed, put your GM hats on for a minute. I heard you guys talking before the break about once everybody's healthy and they come back, we've got a full team where certain players are going to fit in and what line and what, oh, that kind of thing. You tell me, what do you do with Archibald going forward? Honestly, I, I, I would move him simply because as of right now, he can only play in Canadian, well, he can only play actually in Edmonton or Calgary. And he, has to right. drive to Calgary. and he has to drive to Calgary. He has to drive, exactly. So to me, I I would move him to an American city and try to bring back a player that's very similar. I mean, the, he adds an element that the Oilers like and need. He's a good penalty killer. He brings a, a physicality, and he brings energy. And... Uh, for the most part last year, he was effective every time he stepped on the ice. I mean, the last memory of him was in the playoffs, which was not a good memory, but before that, uh, everything that he did was a positive. He, he probably fit his role, and I think we said it many times, he probably played his role to perfection as much as any other player on the team. He understood who he was and played that way. The problem for him right now in, in, in Canada is he can only play hockey in Alberta, and I don't know if that helps you as an organization. So if you can get someone that's similar to him uh, the, in, at the trade deadline, that's what I think you do. Yeah, that's going to be interesting to see. I, I mean, we've, been, we've talked a lot about trade deadline stuff. I, I totally get, and we've talked a lot about the goaltending. Um, I don't think there's going to be a trade for a goalie. I think this forward core, 1 through 12, with Nuge coming back, is as good as any of the Oilers have had in our tenure, Rob. I mean, it might even mm -hmm. be better than the 16-17 team that went to the second round of the playoffs. Uh, I, I mean, sure, if you could add something, experience, a little bit of toughness, you, you go for it. Um, but I, I still wonder if there's something going to be done on, on defense. No. You know, Sherratt would have been a dream. He's yep. been, he's been <laughs> traded. I mean, Bob brought up another Montreal player, Kulak. Mm -hmm. um, you know, that would be interesting. Um, you know, would they would they sooner have Russell as their number seven than their number six? Maybe. Well, Russell, as we talked before the game, Russell gives you the exact same thing every night. So, as a coaching staff or a general manager, you say, okay, against this team, is Russell what he brings good enough or strong enough or does it benefit us because you know what you're getting there's never a there's never a drop in his game uh he plays the exact same every time uh is there upgrades out there probably um the other thought too is uh, the oilers right side is 
I mean, CeCe has been all world for them. He's been fantastic. But then there's a drop off when it comes to physicality on the right side and defensive um, strength. You know, Barry and Bouchard are both on the right side, both gifted offensively. Neither are physical. And uh, more so, Bouchards have struggled at times in, in their own zone. Is there an upgrade that way? But I think what the Oilers have seen over the last while, though, with Broberg, Niemalainen, Lagesson, they do have depth at the back end if, if it got to that in the playoffs. But they don't have depth in the back end with experience. Right. And I think that's the one way you can upgrade. Is there someone better than Lagesson? I don't know, but there might be someone with more games. Is there someone better than Broberg? Oh, maybe, maybe not. Maybe he's even. But he's also played... 50, 60, 70 NHL playoff games. I think that's the biggest thing because regular season is one thing, and some of these players have played quite well and they've had their opportunity. Until you play a playoff game, you don't realize how much higher an intensity rate there is in a hockey game at playoff time. And I don't know if you want to find out in game six when all of a sudden you have to throw a Broberg or a Lagesson in because of an injury, that's the first time they see what playoff hockey is all about. Yeah, I mean, Carson Soucy uh, is another name that uh, comes up. His his salary is 2.75. Kulak is 1.85. I'm just going over some of the names here. I mean, Justin Braun is a name we've talked about a little bit. Right side guy, uh, 35 years of age. He's 1.8 million. Um, Having said, said that, uh, Braun coming in on the right side, then what do you do with Bouchard and Barry? Well, that's the thing, right? So it's... Uh, yeah, I, I don't know what they're going to do. They, but th the one thing, teams at the deadline, teams that think they're going to make a run, is they just continue to add depth. And, and not just depth, but depth with experience and intangibles, such as leadership, physicality, um, experience have been in there before. Those are the things that all the GMs are looking for. Something just to add to their dressing room in a positive way. And that's there's going to be a lot of homework done between now and Monday, trying to figure out which kind of player is going to come in. The Oilers are playing well right now. Who's going to come in and add to it instead of distract from it? Yeah, and it's interesting to see. It's, I mean, some fairly significant trades have already happened. I, I mean, well, yeah. Calgary got y Yarncroc. That gives them a little bit more depth. And to, uh, and to Foley. To and I'm yeah, going yeah. back a few weeks to Foley and then Sherratt going to Florida. Um, there was another trade earlier this week that I'm now blanking on. And it was, uh, I think it was fairly significant, wasn't it? Yes. Yeah, so oh, Colorado. Colorado's made a couple Oh, of they moves. got Manson. Yeah, yeah, they got Josh Manson, another player who was out there. And, and Giroux's not going to go with Philadelphia on their road trip. I'm guessing. Actually, I never did. Florida, at Florida is the likely destination there, is rumored. Yeah, I mean, he's and there you're adding somebody with experience. And, I, I mean, I think back of great playoff series over the my time of watching the Pittsburgh-Philadelphia series when Crosby and Giroux used to go at it all the time. Giroux is looking for that again. He's near the end of his career. He wants to experience that. So I imagine whatever team gets a Claude Giroux, that is a big get because he's got experience in a very positive way and he just adds physicality, little nastiness and obviously the, the offensive prowess that he has. All right, let's just run through the other town scoreboard courtesy Edmonton Trailer. Looking for parts, service, rentals, or new and used semi-trailers, head to edmontontrailer.com. Late in the third, Detroit is up one nothing on Vancouver. They Van tightened it up. Yeah, Vancouver's been all over Detroit, and Detroit is getting what they didn't get here. They're getting saves. Now the Kings get a win, 3 nothing over the Sharks, so L.A. remains four points ahead of Edmonton for second in the Pacific. The Oilers do have a couple of games in hand. The Golden Knights lead the Panthers 3-2. That's after 40 minutes. The Islanders beat the Rangers 2-1. Toronto knocks off the Hurricanes 3-2. The Stars win in overtime 4-3 against Montreal. The uh, overtime goal was reviewed for goalie interference and apparently Montreal uh, not happy that it stood. <laughs> I didn't see it. I, I thought at first it was a shorthanded goal. Montreal was on a power play, and Klingberg had a penalty. He came out of the penalty box with 10 seconds to go in overtime to score the game-winning goal. In Giroux's 1,000th game, the Flyers beat the Predators 5-4. Capitals all over the Blue Jackets, 7-2 the final there. Penguins beat the Blues 3-2 in a shootout. And right here at Rogers Place, Oilers 6, Sabres 1. Okay, we got uh, Robert, Ron, and Steven next in the batting order on the Certainty Hotline. This is Hartland Ford, overtime open line. Oilers Hockey is brought to you by Friesen Brothers. This is the Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. Here's Reed Wilkins. 
on Oilers Radio, 6.30 chair. Now to McDavid, out in front, Yamamoto scores! Kyler Yamamoto snaps that one high to the glove side on Anderson, and it's 1-0 Edmonton. Oh yes, break out the Yams for the fourth consecutive game. Yamamoto's 15th of the season, that got it rolling 7-21 into the game. The Oilers go on to beat up the Buffalo Sabres 6 one. It is the Oilers' fourth consecutive victory. We'll go back to the Certainty Hotline. We have Sir Robert standing by. Sir Robert, go ahead. Uh, hey boys, how you doing? Quite well. Well, I guess uh, I'm going to start with a, I'm going to start with three things. First, I'm going to say, obviously, you know, it was nice. Uh, you know, it was nice to see Smith tonight bounce back. He looked good. Not a lot of. No, he was a. He did. He didn't face a lot of high danger chances, but he was still good. Uh, the rebound control was good. Second thing is Yamamoto. It's nice to see. Uh, it's nice to fire it all on, uh, on all cylinders the way he is. Uh, straight games with a goal like that. The third thing is, you know, it's nice to see. Uh, it's nice to see that they're they're finally starting to uh, string together some wins, especially at home, because I think there were, I think there was that stretch where what did they lose? What was it? Eleven out of sixteen at home. So. You know, it's nice to see. Uh, nice to see that they're uh, uh, they're taking advantage of uh, this little stretch they got here. I think uh, if they play, if they play, if they play anywhere near as good as they did tonight, they shouldn't have. They shouldn't have an issue beating New Jersey because New Jersey. I've, I mean, I, I haven't watched them a ton, but I know they've got a. They, they certainly got a lot more issues than uh, a Buffalo does. Yeah, well, I, I watched most of New Jersey. And th- thanks, Robert. I watched most of New Jersey and Calgary. Was that last night? Everything's a blur. I believe it was last night. Uh, they were significantly overmatched, shall I say. <laughs> well, there's a reason where Buffalo, New Jersey, and Detroit are in the standings. Um, I expected more out of Buffalo tonight, to be honest with you. I think Edmonton was just that much better tonight than they were against Detroit. Um, Buffalo, the thing is with Buffalo is you can't play a skilled game against the Oilers. You have to be physical, and they weren't. They, this was a no-hitter by the Buffalo Sabres. And when Leon and Connor and Hyman and Pugliarvi and Kane and those guys can skate around there without having to, without any physicality, uh, you're, you're asking for trouble. And I, I think we're seeing right now that the Oilers up front are deep. Uh, their lines are starting to gel. And uh, an inexperienced team is not going to be able to control them. And we saw that in this game tonight with the Sabres. They could not handle the Edmonton Oilers' big lines when the big lines got going. Well, I I like how the Oilers are playing in the offensive zone. And Mm -hmm. I said this uh, the last couple of games as well. They're cycling the puck very well. And if they don't have a play, it's just being tossed into the corner or behind the net. But the offside winger is recognizing it and is on his way. I mean, there have been some passes that, or been some plays, I should say, that look like they're dump-ins, but they basically turn out to be a pass. Because the guy, the other mm-hmm. guy is recognizing, okay, the, I know where the puck's going there, so i got to get on my horse and get there. Well, they're not forcing plays. And I think we saw that too much before where guys were trying to force plays where it's easier just put it in an area. Uh, read your read your partner, read your line mate. Okay, this is what is open, and if it's open, then I'm going to put it there. If there's a play, I'll make the play. If there's not a play, well, then I'm going to put it into a safe area where we can have a battle. And the Oilers, not only are they uh, putting it in the right areas, when they do get to the battle, they're winning those battles. The Oilers are tenacious. And you, you t- I know that Jay Woodcroft talked about Yamamoto, how he's got a tenacity about his game, and he, he gets in on you much quicker than you thought, and you throw that uh, on a line with Connor. So now you got two guys that are very hard on the puck. And it's almost like, okay, if that's, that's my puck that my grandmother gave me on my fourth birthday. I can't let him have that puck. i got to make sure I get it. And then you go to the next line where you got Drysaddle, Hyman, and Pugliarvi. You got three big bodies. They get the puck in the corner. They turn their back to the defender. Uh, the defender can't get around them. And then they just, Leon and Hyman are just looking, okay, where am I going to go with this puck? While they're taking the abuse, they're taking the cross check or the physical play of the opposition, but it doesn't affect them. And then they put it in an area, and again, they just use their body uh, positioning to keep plays alive. And they had three or four shifts tonight where they had 30, 40 seconds of plays. Pugliarvi, if Pugliarvi hadn't been injured and out for this long stretch, 
he would have had a couple goals tonight. He, he was, you could tell that he'd been off a long time, not play in game uh, condition with, with the, the fast twitch muscles, getting pucks off quickly because he had a number of good opportunities. Hyman should have had two goals. He talked about it in his interview. Missed a wide open net where a, a wonderful save by Anderson. And then the puck must have flipped on him because he put it about six feet over then on a breakaway. Like they had a number of great chances. So this is a an Oiler team that right now is uh, playing on all cylinders up front. They're gaining confidence and they're, they're gaining chemistry. And that's before you throw Nugent Hopkins in who he makes all his teammates better on your third line. 6-1, the Oilers win it tonight over Buffalo. We'll welcome Ron to Red Deer, uh, Ron from Red Deer to the show. Hey, Ron, go ahead. Hey, Reed. Hello. Hey, hey Rob. Good day. Uh, so here's my, um, you were commenting about Yamamoto pertaining to his size going into the playoffs. Mm -hmm. like, like, what is there? Uh, Rob, what was your wake-up playoff experience like? Wow. Because you were a young man one time <laughs> it's hard to believe yes <laughs> you still are <laughs> no <laughs> <laughs> what was your wake-up playoff experience like that just like wow um I, funny it's a long time to think back but two things that come to mind is one uh, how loud pittsburgh was i remember sitting in the dressing room and it was about five minutes before game time and the fans were all stomping their feet and the whole building was shaking. And I remember sitting in that dressing room going, okay, I've never experienced anything like that. And then one of my favorite experiences in a game was playing in, in Toronto in Maple Leaf Gardens. That's when my aha, okay, oh, wow. This is a Saturday night Stanley Cup playoff hockey game in Toronto. So that was it. Uh, but the, but the, it was, the intensity was completely different come playoff time. It was one where guys that had four hits all season would have four hits in the first period of a game. It just, guys got, had to get outside their comfort zone if you wanted to survive in a playoff game. I, I played against Philadelphia. There was a line brawl that we were all involved in, and I was on the ice, where there was a bunch of guys that don't normally fight at all drop their gloves just because that's what playoff hockey was all about. So uh, it, it is different for these players, and I think the Oilers have learned something the last couple of years what it takes, what it, what, where they went wrong in some of those games. Uh, Yamamoto, yeah, he's not a big man, but I think Yamamoto is, understands what his strengths are. He's always been small, so it's not going to be new to him come playoff time. Oh, no, I'm smaller than these guys. So I, I think that the Oilers have learned from their mistakes in the past, I believe, and I've said it all year long, the Oilers are going to make the playoffs. And actually, I think I was watching who they're going to play in the first round, the L.A. Kings. And if you're going to play L.A. in the first round, you're going to have to be ready for a physical series. As we saw earlier this, uh, I think it was last month where they played, that was a playoff-style hockey game at Edmonton and L.A. It'll be physical, so the Oilers have got to be ready to play that kind of game. Okay, Edmonton wins 6-1 tonight over Buffalo. We're going to get to Steven here in two minutes. This is Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. Live Oilers Hockey is brought to you by Friesen Brothers. This is the Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. Here's Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio, 630 chair. Now give it to dry side, right side to the blue line. Nurse has it on the left point. His shot tipped in front of the net, comes back to Nurse. Can't get a shot. No, he does. Scores! Darnell Nurse! He gets the second chance, makes it four. One of those plays, the Oilers just kept keeping the puck alive, kept it around the net. Nurse finally slams it in his seventh of the season as the Oilers go on to beat Buffalo 6-1 tonight. You can check in on the CertainTeed hotline, the pro's choice for roofing, siding, drywall, insulation, and ceiling systems. CertainTeed Pro all the way, 780-496-0063. Rob, I was really interested in what you were saying about how things ramp up in the playoffs. Mm -hmm. And I, I remember last year I talked to Jody Shelley. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, who has family in, in the Edmonton area and does uh, a lot of commentary for the Columbus Blue Jackets. And, like, he said his first playoff game, he went out on his shift, and I can't remember how he put it, but he just basically was like, my head was just spinning <laughs> everywhere, and I was like, what, what's going on? I'm not going to be able to keep up with this. And then, of course, you go back to the bench and you take a breath, and you realize, like, oh, okay. It's different. That, that's what it's, <laughs> that's well, what it's like. Though. Well, for fans, all the fans that come to there's a different intensity in the stands. So just think about these players that are out on the ice, how big a jump it is in intensity. You can't play like you did in the regular season and have success in the playoffs. You have to be that much better. And there's a reason that the playoffs 
uh, that you need an extra three or four defensemen or an extra four or five forwards, the depth, because players, every every shot is contested. Yep. You're trying to block every shot. You can't not finish a check. You have to finish every single check. Every face-off is it's like it's the last face-off in the game, and whoever wins it wins a hockey game. That's just the way it goes come playoff hockey. And that's why, of all the sports, hockey to me is by far the most exciting come playoff time because the games are different than a, a football game or a baseball game or or, or a basketball game. They, you know, those games have the same... They, they can be more regular season style as opposed to hockey because of the physicality of it and the way the referees ref it. I mean, there's, as you've said a couple times, there's not that there's less penalties called in the playoffs. It's just the fact that every single shift could have had one or two penalties called because they allow more things to go. And that's what makes, I mean, there's nothing more exciting than the first round of playoffs where you can watch three or four hockey games every night and every game seems to be a one-goal game and half of them went into overtime and five guys lost teeth and the doctors out on the ice stitching up four or five other guys as well. So it, it's completely different unless you've been there. You don't understand it. And that's why teams usually have to go through a couple playoff series before they find a championship. And Tampa Bay Lightning are a great example of it. Before they won two championships, they had failures in the in the Stanley Cup playoffs. Oilers win 6-1 tonight over the Buffalo Sabres and a uh, pretty dominant performance by the Oilers. If you missed it earlier, uh, Connor McDavid needed some more stitches after getting a high stick to the face with just under six minutes left in the game. He did not return, but sounds like he's going to be okay. A big collision there in the second period. Nurse... And Dolan slid into Mike Smith. That was a bit of a scary one. They even checked if the puck went in before the play was ruled dead. I don't think that one would have would would have counted. But that was a big collision. With the way Smith's season has been going, I couldn't help but think like, oh no. Well, he he got up favoring his one side, and he took a little bit of time before he settled back in the net. Uh, it's one of those things where right now the the way his year has gone, every time there's a bumper, or or, or there's a collision or there's chaos in front, you're holding your breath if you're an Oilers fan. Uh, he came out of that, was fine afterwards. But it's funny that that replay came from Toronto. I, the referees didn't call for it. They got called over to the penalty box and were handed the, the headset. Uh, I don't know if they ever saw the puck. I've watched three or four different replays. I have no idea if the puck crossed the line or not. They said that it went in after the whistle. I don't know where they saw well, that. They just said the play was yeah, dead. called dead. Yeah. Uh, if anything, I mean, that might have been a hold on Nurse I, when, you, when you see it again. I'm, sur I'm surprised there wasn't a call. Normally you see that. I mean, he had his arm around. I don't, like. I know they're battling for position, but usually the offensive player gets, gets the, the advantage yes. in that situation. But uh, yeah, I don't know if it would have made much difference the way the Oilers played tonight. But yeah, it's it was... Uh, you certainly were hoping that Nurse shook it, or excuse me, Nurse, that Smith shook it off, and uh, the bad luck, the the schlep rock cloud that's been over his head all season long, hopefully it blows away and we have sunny days ahead for, for Mike Smith. The Oilers are a better team when Smith and Koskinen are playing well, and there's uh, the competition amongst themselves, and they just, if, if Smith gets back to where he was last year, just the added dimension of what he can do playing the puck just gives you that much more of a, an advantage whenever you play a team in the playoffs. Well, what about that play in the third period? He stopped the puck just to the left of his net. The two Oilers defensemen, as they often do, peeled off to the corners. He held the puck. The Sabre player came on him, and he turned his back and shielded him and mm -hmm. then passed it. Yep. All this with the well, <laughs> that wide open. That's what separates him from Koskinen, obviously, but uh, most goalies is his confidence. Uh, I mean, you get a defenseman that goes back to play the puck and he feels pressure coming, there's sometimes panic in the defenseman's game. Where, okay, I get it, there's, here's someone, I'm going to throw it around the boards. Smith has zero panic, and he's wearing a blocker and a glove. And he's got pads on, so he's not going to outskate anyone. Well, actually, he probably could outskate some players. He's a pretty good <laughs> skater. But he has no panic in his game. And the plays he make, now... Uh, they're few and far between when he makes a mistake. Uh, you don't notice them very much where, where he, he makes the wrong read. But the, the quality of passes that he makes, they're solid. They're stick to stick. The Oilers' forwards 
are when the puck gets dumped in, they're finding a, a passing lane at the far blue line because Smith's got the ability to spring them. That's something that uh, Koskinen does not have in his game and has the exact opposite that if Smith gets back on his game, it's an advantage having Smith in that because it takes away a lot of the other team's forecheck. If you're going to beat the others, and Bob talked about it before the game today, you got to get hard in on the forecheck. Most teams are like that. But Mike Smith back there forces teams to have to change their game a little bit because they aren't able to get on the forecheck if they don't make a good dump in. All right, Oilers win it 6-1 over the Sabres. Back for some final thoughts on Hartland Ford Overtime Open Line. It's Game On at City Ford. With an all-star lineup of 2021 Fords with amazing offers and finance rates, including drive now, pay later, with no payments for up to six months. Save thousands with 0.99% financing for 72 months on 2022 F-150 Super Cruise. And exclusively to City Ford, air miles, reward miles. Plus, finance a new or used vehicle, then spin to win a gas card. An iPad, TV, Dyson vacuum, even a Costco gift card. Visit City Ford on the St. Albert Trail. Oilers Hockey is brought to you by Friesen Brothers. This is the Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. Here's Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. All right, so the Panthers have just tied it against the Golden Knights, 3-3 with 729 left in the third. The Kings beat the Sharks 3-0. The Red Wings shut out the Canucks 1-0. So in the Pacific, Calgary 81 points. L.A. 76, Edmonton 72, Vegas 68. But like I said, they're tied with seven minutes to go. And Vancouver misses a chance here as they lose to Detroit. So they're with 67. So uh, a a good night for the, I mean, L.A. won, but still a good night for the Oilers. They bank a couple more points and could be a a great night if Vegas loses this in in regulation. But uh, Edmonton doing what they need to do here. Four, four on this homestand. Yeah, I think the Oilers right now, it's more trying to get home ice over the Kings and less trying to keep Vegas. But I think Vegas is in big trouble right now. All right, we're back at it on Saturday, and it's an early one. Face-off show at 11.30 a.m. here on 6.30. Jed, the puck will drop at 1. Oilers taking on the New Jersey Devils' final game of this five-game homestand. Get more on tonight's tilt on 630Jed.com or globalnews.ca. Bob Stoffer has Oilers now from noon to 2 tomorrow. I will have inside sports from 6 to 8. Thanks to our game day engineer today, Jerry Dombrowski, and to our studio producer back at 630Jed, Kellen Kennedy. We've been in the Friesen Brothers Broadcast Center. On behalf of Rob Brown, I'm Reed Wilkins. Thanks for listening to Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. Oilers cruise 6-1 over the Sabres. Have a good night. Six thirty, Chad. Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at six on Six Thirty, Chad.